Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. Here we go. Here we go. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not pretending that poor John Fetterman is fine. The stampede of stupidity known as The View have declared the man who struggled tragically. It was heartbreaking to watch that debate. Uh, the View has declared that Fetterman is A-OK, and it's the people asking questions that are the problem. The View is awful. We will discuss in this hour with a man who survived an appearance on The View this week. I'm talking about Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who has now gotten his freedom back after departing that hellhole of a set. Freedom! Shannon Bream, Fox News Sunday host in the House as well. And as we march towards the midterms, Federalist co-founder Sean Davis in the House, as well as your fine self at 888-788-9910. Big Thursday episode of the show. You know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a That is all. I'm on Gutfeld tonight at 11 o'clock on the Fox News channel, highest rated show in all of late night. Myself, Tyrus, Kat Timf, getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg. I hope you can check that out. It's going to be a banger. And, of course, when that's over, I'm jumping on a plane and heading to Spokane, Washington, where there are still seats available uh, to see me at the Spokane Comedy Club this Friday and this Saturday. Uh, tickets, www.spokanecomedyclub.com. And no excuses. We got a trucker who says he's driving 631 miles to hang out at the bar. If John comes through, the rest of you look terrible. So get your game face on. Maybe you guys want to chip it in carpool. Gas is only like $473 a gallon right now. Biden sucks. Okay, maybe he does. But Biden is not the politician in our focus as we take to the airwaves today. And I want to issue a qualifier before we start this discussion, because if you're listening to the show for the first time, it's very important to me that you understand where I am coming from. I'm not an activist. I am a talk show host. I am not mad at John Fetterman because he is a Democrat. I am not mad at John Fetterman because he seems to be in a debilitating health situation there. But for the grace of God, go any of us, okay? The poor guy. I I watched that debate. It was a hard thing to sit through. You really felt for him. But I got to be honest with you. He's a lot healthier mentally than the people who were on TV in the last 48 hours saying he's A-OK. That's true. That is true. And I want to give most of the media credit on this because most of the media exhibited what the late, great Rush Limbaugh would call a random act of journalism. Meaning every once in a while, somebody on the left would demonstrate some intellectual curiosity. You know, a liberal reporter would report something that raised issues with Democratic policy, that raised issues with Democratic politicians. Well, what happened on, you know, during the debate was beyond a random act of journalism. It was just an act of, hey, do I have any self-respect at all or no? 
Because if you had any self-respect at all, you watched Fetterman, your heart broke, you felt for the guy, you were a little angry with the people who trotted him out there saying it was fine, you were very angry with the people who tried to hide him, avoid a debate, and deny the voters a true opportunity to look over the candidates and see who was better qualified to lead their state in the Senate. Okay, they made an attempt, make no mistake about it, to let everyone vote in the Pennsylvania Senate race without ever kicking the tires on this poor guy once. You know, there's a month of early voting that's already taken place. And if you look at how the markets have swung since that debate, understand a lot of those early votes that went for Fetterman would absolutely positively go the other way had they seen his condition first. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So they did our voters a disservice. They did our democracy a disservice. The people that are always telling you about protecting democracy are the same ones that were like, you know, killing critical information that might influence the very outcome of that democracy. Think of the Hunter Biden story. Okay, when you read polls that 15% of voters would have changed their vote for Biden had they known how corrupt his son was. You realize that was a game-changing pass interference call. Okay, 15% of Biden voters, if you believe he got 81 million votes, is 10 to 12 million votes in an election that was decided by less than 50,000 votes. So the fact that these people like to lecture about election integrity and protecting the democracy, but then in the next breath, they want to trot this poor guy out there, have everybody pull a voting lever and send in a mail-in ballot, maybe twice, (laughs) depending on the state you live in, uh, is a real disservice to voters. So to the people who at least had, you know, the I don't want to, you know, the intellectual good faith, I guess, to call it out. I will acknowledge their existence like CNN. Okay, we give CNN a hard time on this show and for good measure. CNN is the worst. But their doctor, Jonathan, Jonathan Reiner. Okay, CNN's doctor of all people called out the Fetterman campaign for what they tried to pull off. Here it is. Clip six. Part of the problem is that, you know, the campaign was opaque at the very beginning. They didn't really disclose the degree of his illness. We don't really know how sick he was. If we in fact, his treating physicians were never made available to to the press or the public. So we don't really know how much Mr. Fetterman has actually recovered. There is no sin in having a stroke. There's a lot of 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 honor in the dogged determination that it takes to recover. And I, I admire that. What I don't admire is the way sort of the campaign has handled the disclosure of his illness. You think they should have been more upfront and transparent about it? Absolutely. Think about that. That's CNN, of all people, saying the campaign should have been more upfront about his illness. And understand, a week ago, Fetterman's own wife and most of the media were piling on Dasha Burns at MSNBC for saying, hey, I did an interview with Fetterman. I think it's important to disclose that he couldn't make small talk and he didn't understand the questions. These are relevant things. If you're going to run for Senate, if you're going to debate your ideas on the floor, okay, if you're going to participate in drafting legislation, if you can't talk, again, Send him somewhere and let him get better. I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. Guy walks around in a hoodie all day. So would I if I could. Believe me. Okay? I have great empathy for what he's going through. I have no empathy for the politicos who tried to get over on us because what they're doing is disgusting. But let me jump right in here because you knew it was coming. Okay? The view. The view of all people went right in and said, what? It's us that are the bad guys. It's Dr. Oz that's the bad guy. Dr. Oz bullying a man who was, you know, suffering through a stroke. Let me be very clear. Dr. Oz was beyond gracious. Nobody bullied Fetterman 
but the people who decided to send him out there. That was the bullying because hello, how are you was a difficult question for the guy. First question of the night. You've got 60 seconds to explain why you deserve to represent Pennsylvania in the Senate. And you know what the guy said? Hello. Good night, everybody. That was the opener. That was the opener. And again, I have great empathy for the situation he's in. But when Joy Behar tries to go the other way, when the sunny hostins of the world, I played you her clips, try to go the other way, they're demonstrating uh, a a level of partisan hackery that I'm just telling you I can't further. If a Republican goes out there and does what Fetterman did, I am slamming everybody who sent him out there. And I am embarrassed that we put voters in a position to determine who should represent a state without being able to determine what kind of condition the candidates were in. I don't do the kind of show where you got to blindly protect one side. A lot of you yell at me when I have to criticize Trump. You know, I'll say, oh, I don't like what he did here. I don't like what you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Whatever. The point is, I'm calling a fair fight for you. And what they did to Fetterman was disgusting. But it's nothing compared to what they're trying to do in the aftermath. Okay, understand. These are people a week ago who said he was fine. He was fine. He was fine. How dare you, you know, right wing, you know, jerks, scaremongering, fear mongering, attacking people. You're desperate. He's fine. Now everybody saw that he's not fine, and they're like, oh, we always knew he wasn't fine. It's, that's not the issue. The issue is these ableist people on the right. You know, time was you could send a guy to the Senate who couldn't walk or talk or comprehend anything and speak to you, you know, and that was never a big deal. Of course it was. We're not anti-stroke, okay, because we could all have one. Okay, that's not the issue. The issue is they tried to hustle us all the way to the ballot box. Millions of people have been voting for a month. The betting market swung by 70 percent after that debate. If 70 percent of the betting market changed its mind, I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of those mail-in ballots probably would have went the other way had they saw Fetterman. Correct the mundo. But here is Joy Behar trying to keep the hustle on. Clip eight. The Republican Party is running a bunch of ads about showing Fetterman you know, st- uh, stumbling on things because of the stroke. Mm-hmm. What kind of a doctor is behind that? Aren't you supposed to do no harm? It's so mm-hmm. unempathetic to the guy, you know? And I just want to say that Oz is very slick. He's a TV guy. Yeah. Remember that. There's another woman in Arizona, Carrie Lake, also a TV woman. Mm-hmm. So they're very slick, you know? And Fetterman's kind of like, you know, with the stroke and without the stroke, he's not as slick. But he has ideas and he has governed. What would you do with a brain if you had one? I mean, let's just jump in, though, for real, okay? He does have ideas. He has governed. And do you want to know something? The town of Braddock, Pennsylvania, that he represents is an entirely boarded-up, shut-down mess. There's no downtown commerce. Okay, there's only one Fetterman flag in the whole town. It happens to be outside of a home he lives in, above one of his reclamation products. This is a guy who lived with his parents into his 50s. He has governed poorly. Okay, he does have a record of wanting to let violent murderers out of jail before their sentences are complete. And I made this point yesterday. His health condition isn't the problem. His record is. Bingo. But we're having a debate over the health condition. Why? Because calling right-wing people bullies and inconsiderate is a lot easier to sell the the electorate on than John Fetterman's policies. Okay, and I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. 
We can't do politics this way. Can't be how it works. Well, my party nominated a guy who's completely unqualified. Well, I hate the other side so much I'm going to vote for him. There's only one reason you can vote for Fetterman at this point. It's because you just patently hate Republicans. But you need to get out of that mindset, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, because we're all on the same team. That's the point I keep coming back to. This show exists to remind everybody listening to it that whether you agree with me or not, you are my teammate. We might not be playing team ball. We might not be getting along on social media, but we all get dressed in the same American locker room. We are all on the same team, but apparently nobody told those idiots over on The View. Got some beers. The show is so freaking dumb that my face is bored to tears. Cause Whoopie is a moron. Joy is stupid too. Honey, why don't we turn off the view? So bad it hurts my head And none of this crap is true They say dumb things And they scream Honey, this ain't good you like a sibling we'll always be brothers it's fox across america with brother jimmy Fallon. all right this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process how do you do that jimbo we're talking about nugenics total t okay every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone which means less muscle less energy less get up and go in the bedroom that doesn't sound any fun but are you really ready to lose your shape your muscle maybe even in your energy you don't have to Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ted Cruz 
is in the on-deck circle. He's joining us in a second. He, of course, was on The View earlier this week, and I do have to play a clip from The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Gotta do it. Listen, if I gotta listen, you gotta listen. If I gotta talk to Ted Cruz about this stuff, we've gotta get everybody into the loop. So Cruz, of course, uh, walked into the whole election denier. How dare you challenge the certification of the Electoral College? Except Cruz is armed and dangerous because he knows the Democrats challenged the certification of the Electoral College in 2000, in 2004, and again in 2016. Oh, oh wow! But the difference, according to The View, is the Republicans got, got violent, or I don't even know. Here it is, clip 31. There are a lot of folks in the media that try to, anytime a Republican is in front of a TV camera, try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but stole the election. You who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes, and said it was illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. <laughs> okay, so, so, so it's did, illegitimate did when Republicans she, did, win, the, but not when Democrats win. No, you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change what... Did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, firebombed? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence? Really? Can you imagine being that stupid? Like, we're living in the death of shame. People are just such partisan idiots. Okay, we watched 12 cities burn in the summer of 2020. If you remember, we watched the funniest news chyron of all time, which was, these are fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Yes, the Democrats did challenge the legitimacy of every election they've lost in this century and went as far as to say that 2016 was stolen. That was the actual claim by Hillary Clinton. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Imagine. Imagine. But I guess in the, in the eyes of the view, oh, it's different when Republicans do it. Why? Simply because that's not the party they support. I've been trying to make this point, whether we're talking about election denials, whether we're talking about Fetterman, that if you put your party ahead of your country, it's only a matter of time till your entire country is really up. Okay, that's how we got to where we got. Donald Trump won the presidency. A lot of people couldn't take it. So they were like, fine, the FBI can weaponize itself against a sitting president. We can make up an entire Russian collusion hoax to throw the guy out of office. Fine, it's no big deal. We can burn 12 cities. We can even endorse a vice president who, who tweeted a link to bail out the violent looters in Minneapolis. Okay, this is all fine as long as our side wins. But you dopes, there's only supposed to be one. One side. It's the country we happen to live in. Okay, none of this is lost on Carol Ann. She's in Westfield, Indiana. Yo, Carol Ann. Hey, hey, girl. How you doing? Hey, girl. Did you know you didn't? You might not have heard this, but I'm going to be in Fort Wayne, December 16th and 17th. Is that anywhere near you? No kidding. Yes. Uh, just north of us. Yeah. Whoa, Carol Ann. No excuses. You better be there. It's a Summit City oh, Comedy Club. We can talk between now and then, but you better be there. Okay, sorry about the voice. I've got a really bad cold. So. Stop it. I've been hosting a radio show with a bad voice my whole life. Just don't feel bad around here. What did you think? So do you think hey, Fetterman's wife is up well. to no good here? I think so. I think so. Because if he gets in the Senate, God forbid, 
and has another stroke mm-hmm. or worse. Yep. He's hoping to get appointed to serve out his six-year term. No question. I mean, I, that, that's definitely the, the working theory right now. You know, if you've been listening to I the mean, doctors, there's a 23% chance of him having another stroke. I feel bad for him, yeah, but I'm I don't feel bad for the people stroke. behind him. I, the, we have nobody to blame but the people who are pushing him into this. Yep. I mean, he's just a puppet at this point, much like Joe Biden. Yep. Maybe instead of, <laughs> instead of the Senate, yep, instead of the Senate, he should come to Fort Wayne and hang out with you and me December 16th and 17th. That's my suggestion. Uh, Carol Ann, great call. I didn't cut you off. Ted Cruz did. Blame it on him. Uh, he joins us next on Fox Across America. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, it is. And you talk about the yin and the yang of life, the ups and downs of the daily grind. No one knows them better than this next guest, who one night is watching his beloved Houston Astros knock off my Yankees, but the next morning is on The View. I mean, talk about a swing. Here to explain all of it, uh, superstar senator from the great state of Texas, Ted Cruz is here. Hey, man. Jimmy, it's great to be with you. Uh, so, so sorry about that Yankees game. I got to say that that 24 hours may be among the most fun I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you know what, Cruz? I was going to have a really contentious interview. We always get along well on the radio, and I was going to have a nice time with you today. But you have a lot of empathy here for having gone on The View. Uh, do you get hazard pay or anything for that? Oh, look, it was a, a full-on circus, and in, in the view, they had multiple protesters who stood up and, and screamed, began uh, screaming epithets. Interestingly, the very same epithets that Yankees fans were screaming the night before. So I... <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask who was worse. You say it's a tie, but at least at Yankee Stadium, they'll serve you a $22 beer to lighten the mood. Actually, the view was much, much worse. Yankee Stadium was awesome. I'd never been to Yankee Stadium. And, and, uh, you know, obviously it was game four and an elimination game. I was sitting right behind home plate. Mm-hmm. And and I was wearing bright uh, Astros arms. Yeah, you were. And and look, uh, obviously a, a number of Yankees fans uh, suggested to me that I do things that are anatomically impossible. <laughs> um, but you know that goes with the territory. You you know when you're going to Yankee Stadium for for an elimination game, that's going to what. Yeah. Striking and- though, I probably took 150 selfies with Yankees fans at the stadium who would come up and want a picture. They'd still say, I hope your Astros lose, but they wanted a picture. And and the reception overall was was very, very positive, but mm-hmm. there were some loud people who also expressed uh, their views to the contrary. <laughs> Senator Ted Cruz is on the line. He braved both Yankee Stadium and The View in the same week. I mean, somewhere there's some type of congressional medal with your name on it. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> 
But I do know uh, we've got some other fish to fry. So your new book, we just made our way through it in the last 48 hours. It's called Justice Corrupted, How the Left Weaponized Our Justice System. I have questions, and I want to jump in here, because when you started the book, uh, you're talking about how it's supposed to work, and we specifically got into the situation in Loudoun County where a father whose daughter was sexually assaulted by a student was essentially designated a terrorist for expressing his concerns at a school board meeting. I don't feel like I'm oversimplifying and saying that this guy was kind of just shut down because what happened to his daughter didn't align with the narrative they were pushing when it came to transgender students. And the DOJ basically jumped in and played enforcer here. Is Is that not the way you saw it? Look, that's exactly right. A 14-year-old girl was sexually assaulted in the girl's bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt. And the school was so committed to their woke ideology that they covered it up. They denied it happened. They transferred the boy to another school where he sexually assaulted another little girl. This guy was a repeat predator. And when the parents went to the school board to to complain and, and, and they heard the school board officials lying about it, um, the, the, they stood up. The father said, look, my daughter was raped at your school and you're covering it up. They responded by throwing him to the ground, handcuffing him, arresting the father, not the criminal, the father. And then following that, the National Association of School Boards uh, wrote a letter to the Biden administration asking that they target moms and dads. They target parents who go to school boards as domestic terrorists using the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. And six days later, like Quicksilver, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, writes a formal memo to the FBI directing the FBI, go after parents. If if you dare go to a school board and speak up, if you're unhappy about, about sexual assault on campus, if you're unhappy about critical race theory being taught to your kids, if you're unhappy that schools were shut down for months and months and months on end, This Biden DOJ is treating you as a terrorist. They are interviewing and harassing moms and dads. And it started with Barack Obama, but it's gotten worse under Joe Biden. They are using the Department of Justice and the FBI and the IRS and the CIA and all of the federal government as a weapon to target their political enemies. Yeah, and listen, it's fascinating stuff. And and one of the takeaways, if you sit there and you work your way through the book and you follow, you know, your active, you know, in political discourse around the country, is we seem to be misappropriating the word extremist. You know, they like to designate the right as the extremist. They're like, oh, who are these people that want to let the babies live? What a bunch of extremists. These guys that want to lock up the criminals. Do you feel like, I don't know, somewhere along the way there was a typo in a dictionary? Like, how did we get here? Well, it, it is a willingness on the left to use power to silence dissent. And, and let me be clear. I don't want to see a Republican Department of Justice. I don't want to see a Republican FBI. I don't want a Democrat DOJ or FBI. I want a DOJ and an FBI that follows the law regardless of party. It doesn't matter who you are that just follows the law. And, and the book explains – so it starts with Richard Nixon. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. Nixon tried to do this. He tried to use DOJ and the FBI and the IRS to target his political enemies. And by and large, the system worked. Mm -hmm. By and large, those agencies pushed back and said, that's not our job. And Nixon resigned in disgrace. Mm -hmm. Well, what Nixon tried to do, Barack Obama succeeded in doing. And, And when Obama did it, the agencies didn't fight back. They eagerly participated in targeting 
Obama's political enemies, those hardcore partisans then burrowed into the senior levels of the Department of Justice and the FBI and the IRS. And when Trump became president, they waged war on the president, trying to destroy him personally, trying to destroy his administration. And now under Joe Biden, it has fully metastasized, and they are embracing their role as political enforcers. We've seen the FBI raid President Trump's home in Mm Mar-a-Lago, first time in the history of the country that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. We have seen FBI agents raiding the homes of pro-life activists, coming in the front doors with machine guns drawn and arresting them as their children cried. It is dangerous what is happening. No, it's totally true. We're talking to Senator Ted Cruz. The new book is out. It's Justice Corrupted, How the Left Weaponized Our Justice System. Now, having said all that, you still remain a huge fan of James Comey. Can you explain why? <laughs> well, look, I think Comey is wildly politicized. I yep. think he, fan- he fantasized himself as, as the reincarnation of J. Edgar Hoover. He did. And he did a terrible job at the FBI. I, I, I think... President Trump made a mistake by not firing him the very first day of the administration. I think it should have been January 20th, 2017. He should have thanked him for his service and showed him the door. And and the book describes how Comey participated. It brings you inside an Oval Office meeting Mm -hmm. that occurred on January 5th, 2017. And it was with Barack Obama and Joe Biden and the head of the DOJ and the head of the CIA and James Comey. And together, they sat and plotted about how to go after and target the incoming president. This was 15 days before Trump was going to be sworn in. And they launched uh, an attack, Crossfire Hurricane. And this book brings you inside the lies, the abuses. Actually, under James Comey, one of his senior lawyers fabricated a document, created a counterfeit document, and submitted it to the federal court in order to get a wiretap to target Donald Trump. That's how much they hated him, and that, that's just how corrupt the process got under Comey and, and now under Merrick Garland. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I feel like the average person on the left is being failed by the media because they misrepresent yes. this as a liability for Republicans when the truth is it's a liability for all of us. And, you know, something that got you into a little bit of a kerfuffle on the on the view, I mean, basically, it was the word "hello," which is what got you into a, a kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you? Is when things began to go downhill. Uh, but it's funny because there's a great passage in the book when you're talking about January sixth, and then you stop the reader and point out that you're talking about January the sixth, twenty seventeen, which is when Democrats yep. objected to the electoral vote count, and it was Jamie Raskin challenging the state of Alabama. But the media, I don't think. Uh, um, you know, in their choose your own adventure version of what's going on in this country, I think they've failed their consumer and that a lot of Democrats are walking around yes. almost yeah, right oblivious to the other standards when it comes to political violence and challenging elections. No. That's exactly right. And the corporate media, unfortunately, is so corrupt. So, look, you take a show like The View. The reason I went on The View is, is that I think conservatives need to reach out and talk to more than just the choir. We need to talk to young people and Hispanics and African-Americans. We need to talk to suburban moms who, who are getting hammered by the disastrous policies we have right now, mm-hmm. but are also getting lied to by the corporate media. And there are millions 
of people who watch The View, many of them suburban moms, who are just hearing constant partisan propaganda. So, for example, uh, on exactly this, this topic, uh, The View hosts were, were, were demanding of me, won't you admit that Joe Biden was legitimately elected president fair and square? There was no voter fraud at all. I was like, no, <laughs> I won't admit that. Voter fraud is a real issue. It's a significant issue. And I said, how come you never asked Democrats to do that? And I said, Hillary Clinton sat on this show and said Donald Trump was illegitimately elected and stole the election. And you guys agreed with him. Stacey Abrams sat on this show and said the governor of Georgia was illegitimately elected. He stole the election, and you guys agreed with him. And Whoopi Goldberg chimes in and said, well, well they were. That, that was right. I said, oh, so it's illegitimate when a Republican wins, but it's perfectly legitimate when a oh. Democrat wins. And they're like, yes. <laughs> I mean, they admitted it. Ted Cruz, you were on an actual TV carnival game. You know those games where, you know, if the ball goes in the hoop, you lose. But if it goes out, you lose. Like there was, you know, it was the movie Chinatown. At the end of Chinatown, they look at Jack Nicholson. They go, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. That was them. Someone was supposed to say to you, forget it, Senator. It's Chinatown. Unbelievable. Jimmy, I'm just happy because I've never before been compared to Jack Nicholson. So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take that and, and, and wear that as a badge of honor. Well, listen, I was only doing it given your uh, proclivity for courtside seats, if we're going to be honest. You get good seats, Chris. Uh, so, so as a guy— uh, it, 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 It's fun to be a sports fan in Texas. You ain't kidding. So let me ask you this. As a guy uh, who sits on a Jack Nicholson level at these World Series and playoff games, where do you see your Astros going? Are you guys getting through Philly in one piece and bringing the title home for Dusty Baker? Uh, my prediction is Stros and six. Whoa, that's big talk. Now, listen, I actually, between you and me, on paper and even off paper, I do like the Stros in this series as much as it pains me to admit that to you, you know, because Philly has yeah. been playing over their head. But one thing you're going to find in Philadelphia that you didn't find in New York is the Philly fan is actually a lot more aggressive than the Yankee fan in this day and age because they priced a lot of the character out of Yankee Stadium. Um, in Philadelphia, I was saying this on America's Newsroom yesterday, they're the only people in the league that still aggressively throw beer at $22 a beer. Like, do you know how committed yeah. you know how committed you have to be to hazing the visiting team to throw a $22 beer, Senator? Uh, look, with Biden's inflation, you really got to be committed. And, <laughs> and you know, and, and, and not, not only that, I, I mean, Philly, they still throw batteries, I yeah. think. I mean, it's uh, – <laughs> That's so you, you know, I, I will – I will tell you a true story. So I was at game two of the ALCS in Houston, and mm -hmm. there were some Yankees fans there. And, 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 you know, I was visiting with them, and I said, look, we're going to be very nice to you. We're going to be very polite to you. We're going to welcome you here. And then I hope we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> and, and, and so that's, that's – and that I will say consistently, Yankees fans and Phillies fans will be welcomed in Houston, but I hope they're welcomed – uh, while at the same time getting getting uh, yeah. thoroughly beaten. No, no. <laughs> listen, that's the spirit. Actually, I want the Astros to win this series, and, and I want a safe passage for you and everybody who accompanies you. You've witnessed enough violence this week on ABC television, so you've, <laughs> you've seen enough. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, you know I love talking to you. Uh, I'll tell everybody to buy five copies of this book. It's required reading. Well, Jimmy, I will say this. I think they'll enjoy the book. It, it, it is telling stories from the inside. It's bringing people behind the curtain in terms of what's really happening. It's also the first book that tells the inside story of what happened on January 6th. Yep. I was standing on the Senate floor leading the Senate objection, objections mm -hmm. and
It, it tells the story of President Trump calling and asking me to personally argue the U.S. Supreme Court case. And so it gives the readers the tools to engage with your friends and colleagues in this election season and to know the facts of what's really going on and, and to let us be happy warriors, happy warriors speaking the truth. So please go, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books and, and, and buy Justice Corrupted. I think you'll enjoy it and, and hopefully learn something at the same time. Well, b- boom. I co-sign all of this except go Astros. Thanks for your time, my man. <laughs> Take care. Very well. The great Senator Ted Cruz. There he goes. There we go back after this. The show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day for your radio buddy here on Fox Across America. I am, of course, coming up with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, tonight at 11 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. And then I'm hitting the road. We're going up to Spokane, Washington. We will be rocking at the Spokane Comedy Club this Friday and Saturday. Uh, Tickets still available at SpokaneComedyClub.com. Next weekend, we're in Vegas. It's sold out, but you're welcome to come play blackjack and help me sell a few pints of blood afterwards. Uh, And, of course, then we're heading uh, to East Texas. We'll be at the Patriot Awards down in Hollywood, Florida. And then in the month of December, I'm back in the comedy clubs. I will be at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City Friday night, December the 9th, Saturday night, December the 10th. Following weekend, I will be out in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the Summit City Comedy Club. That is Friday, December the 16th, Saturday night, my birthday, December the 17th. i got to figure out if Jenny's coming or, uh, I don't know, her and Link Man are going to take the night off and go to Hooters. You might see the failures in Fort Wayne. You just don't know. That's the beauty of this. That's why they play the game. But in the next hour, we will really play the game in the big way because Mikey has stacked the deck today. Apparently, he thought I was going out drinking last night and I wouldn't be able to carry the show. So he booked some serious A-list guests. I'm talking about none other than the host of Fox News Sunday. Shannon Bream is coming by to class up the program and hopefully dumb down her vocabulary a little bit if she wants to fit in with this host. It's going to be a wild one. Don't miss it. Big hour coming up right here on the big, bad, one and only, high-flying, death-defying, internationally renowned, gluten-free Fox Across America.
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are getting ready for a big hour of Fox Across America, a plus-sized hour. You can't see big anymore. I get a lot of trouble for that. It's a plus-sized hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Shannon Bream is going to be in the house to do some midterm analysis. She, of course, is the superstar host of Fox News Sunday. Uh, someone far too intelligent to converse with me on a regular basis, but from time to time she's willing to dumb it down a little and come by and kind of dignify this show with her presence. It's a major step up in class for us, if we're being honest. But we're excited to talk to her today because the appearance coincides with some new polling that shows minority voters are fleeing the Democratic Party in record I mean, record numbers. Oh, I'm in trouble. It's a bad situation. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to sit with the president because he's been pretty territorial in the past about the minority vote. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? We'll get into it at 888-788-9910. You know the rules. They stay the same every hour of the show. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. Before we get underway in what is sure, sure to be, just a broadcast tour de force in this hour. Wrong. Oh, it's a tough crowd today. Uh, I have to shout out. We were just down in Tulsa. We were rocking out with our homies at KRMG down in Tulsa. And then, of course, we went over to Enid, Oklahoma, and we were hanging out with the fine folks at 96.9 The Eagle. And I should mention that we will be back in Oklahoma City. We will be in Oklahoma City at the Bricktown Comedy Club Friday, December the 9th, Saturday, December the 10th. So if you're in OKC, if you're listening in Tulsa, you want to hang out with your radio buddy and see my stand-up act, come on down to the Bricktown Comedy Club, would you? And we will have free passes waiting for my man, J.C. Cody. I got a letter in the mail today really quick before we get underway here. Uh, J.C. Cody, of course, runs the Cape Brewing company where we did our meet and greet down in Tulsa and the, my main man Danny o, Danny Boy O'Connor came out from House of Pain jump around that whole thing and we burnt it to the ground I wound up going to a Jenks high school football game that night six-time defending state champs I mean it was one of the best hangs of my life well lo and behold I get to my office here at Fox today and I have a nice little letter from my man JC Cody at the Cape Brewing Company and he sends me a t-shirt uh, that is a three XL. And it's a gorgeous T-shirt. But if a guy sends you 3XL, okay, that is not a vote of confidence headed into the holidays. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- Look at you. Seriously, Jay. Like, I love you, JC. But you got, you're supposed to believe in me and send me, like, you know, an XL maybe. Because I'm walking around in a double XL. But instead, JC and all the fine ladies on the staff looked at the pictures we took. And they were like, that boy is a P-I-G pig. So thank you for the T-shirt. <laughs> I will do my best not to fit in it uh, the next time I see you, but no promises here. Uh, right now, of course, I am not the focus. I am not the focus. The midterms are. And according to this new USA Today poll that came out today, it's really fascinating stuff going on. Not fascinating so much to me because I've been harping on this since the day we launched our show. You're supposed to just treat everybody as Americans. Don't treat them as Democrats. Don't treat them as Republicans. Don't treat them as black people. Don't treat them as white people. Just treat them as people. We all have the same primal needs. When you break us down across ethnic lines, when you break us down across political lines, what do we all want to do? The oversimplification is that we all want to get paid and we all want to get laid. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But to get bigger, okay, yes, we want a healthy economy. We want safe neighborhoods to raise our families in. 
Okay, we want affordable gas prices so we don't have to turn tricks behind the gas station for a half a tank of gas. What the hell did you just say? But the point is we don't have any of that under Democratic rule. The Democrats control everything. Okay, they control the Senate, they control the House. Uh, somebody's in charge of the presidency. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's Biden. I'm just saying somebody on the Democratic side is running this thing, you know. I agree with that. So the point being is they have failed the minority voter for the same reason they failed the white voter, for the same reason you fail an Asian voter, the same reason you fail a Hispanic voter, the same reason you fail a black voter, the same reason you fail a Muslim voter. The economy's bad. Crime is worse. Okay, for that reason, I'm not surprised that they're hemorrhaging support with Latinos and black voters, but they are because the Democrats, and you've heard this said on the show a million times, they're not living in the Martin Luther King world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. They're making everything about the color of their skin. And rather than offering deliverables like, hey, here's a substantive way to improve your life, they're always arguing straw man arguments about bigotry and fake Jim Crow and everything else. That's what's been going on in the entire era of identity politics. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. It was actually a viable strategy until their stupid ideas tanked the economy and spiked crime. And that's how we got to where we got. So let me read you this polling because I just found it so fascinating. I had to share it. Ahead of Shannon Bream's big appearance on the show. That's what you do. Shannon Bream's coming over. You clean up. You know what I mean? Like you, the kids are using the plates today that are for company. They can only use them today. The special plates being used in the control room. We've got the plastic off the couch for once. It's a whole new world. But here it is. USA Today Suffolk University poll. Okay, according to this survey, in a generic ballot naming parties, not individual candidates, those surveyed now support the Republican congressional candidate over the Democratic ones by 49 percent to 45 percent, which gives the Republicans a you know, solid four-point lead generically. Okay, and this is, of course, a big change from the USA Today poll that was taken in July, which was right after the SCOTUS overturned Roe versus Wade, and we had the draft leak from the Dobbs decision, a draft leak, by the way, and we still have not solved the case. But according to this, the bigger number, and this is what matters, okay, minority voters are what put Democrats in power every single time, okay? They show up for the Democrat, and if the minority vote for the Democrat is, you know, they get 85% of the black vote, 85% of the Latino vote, they win these elections going away. But absent that, they lose everything imaginable. So let's talk about the numbers. Back then, survey respondents, they supported the congressional candidate uh, by a smaller margin between the Republican and the Democrat. But bigger than that, uh, according to this latest poll, okay, 40% of Hispanic voters, 21% of Republican voters, okay, uh, excuse me, 41% of Hispanic voters, 21% of black voters are now supporting a Republican congressional candidate. What that means is, yes, Democrats are ahead with Latinos, but they're going to get 60% of the vote, okay, instead of, say, 85 Okay, they're still ahead with black voters. Okay, but they're going to get, I don't know, maybe 78, 79 percent of the vote instead of that 90 or 95 that they've enjoyed. You understand the Democrats have held a monopoly, monopoly over the minority vote for the better part of the last 20 or 30 years because they've continuously extended. Okay, government entitlements and social spending and basically subsidized poverty in black and brown communities by improving nothing in the quality of life 
other than their dependency on the actual government. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Okay, we got a. Uh, it's it's fascinating to talk about this, but essentially, what the Democrats have done is they have they've subsidized generations of poverty rather than empowering people to get out of failing schools. They have denied black voters and black parents school choice. The teachers' arms, the biggest lobbying, you know, the, excuse me, the teachers' lobby, the teachers' union, is the biggest lobbying constituent. Uh, see, in the Democratic Party. They're the ones that made them shut down the schools, which, of course, did what? It harmed communities of color the most. Okay, the Democratic Party is also the party that was out there yelling and screaming about defunding the police. What did defunding the police do? It got black people killed. The black murder rate has spiked by 40 percent since the summer of defund the police. Okay, and every one of these woke bail reforms is always harming minority communities because what are you doing? You're letting a violent minority criminal out of jail. Okay, in the name of equity. But the high rates of criminal recidivism mean there's a 90 percent chance when you're a victim of violent crime, 90 percent of violent crimes are committed against you by people of the same race as you. Okay, if you get raped, most likely to be raped by a member of your own race. You get robbed, most likely to be a member of your own race. So when you let violent criminals out of jail in the name of equity, okay, there's a 90 percent chance they're going to go on to harm somebody of their same ethnic community. That's Use your common sense. That's the whole scam of all of these woke bail reforms is the black community, the Latino community. They're bearing the brunt of all this violence. Everything woke turns to Okay, if you're a minority voter and you're paying attention, you're abandoning the Democratic Party. O'Shea Jackson, Ice Cube. Remember Ice Cube? He was an NWA. Then he started making like movie comedies where he was driving around with the late great Robin Williams and RVs and stuff like that. But Ice Cube actually posted about this, and I think it's very fascinating uh, that basically saying the black community has nothing to show for decades of voting Democrat. The direct quote, we've been doing it for a long time as people. We haven't gained much as we should. And I believe it's important to engage with both sides and not just one side because if the one side you're engaging with doesn't respond, there's nowhere to turn. Okay, it's a brilliant point, and I bring up that brilliant point because it builds on something I've been saying since the Democrats were justifying the destruction of black businesses in the summer of George Floyd. Don't ever forget, we burnt down 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis in the name of racial justice, equality. I don't understand. We're so in support of the black community. We're going to burn down their stores. But that's how it was sold to us as Kamala Harris was tweeting links to bail out violent protesters. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> and remember what I said then, because it's true now, and no one goes back to look at the aftermath. Whenever you let a city on fire in the name of racial progress, okay, the news cameras stick around and watch it for three days. Oh, they looted a Nike store. Oh, everybody just torched a Papa John's pizza, which, by the way, you know, very rare that you get a fully cooked Papa John's these days. You know, the riots would have been one of the few exceptions. But stick with me. I'm just taking pot shots at pizza places. So they go, I'll show you, Jimmy. Here's a large pie. And I'll eat it and be thrilled. I can't, I can't stop eating. It's out of control right now. But stick with me. This is absolutely gross. Fine. Stick with me. When the news cameras leave, okay, the poverty stays behind. When businesses burn down, do you know how many of the businesses that were burnt down in the summer of George Floyd in the near north of Minneapolis have reopened since then? Do you want to know the number? Zero. 
And this is the part people don't understand. There is a direct correlation between high rates of violent crime and low levels of economic opportunity. Okay, if there are no legal ways or few legal ways to make money in your community, doesn't matter what your race is, doesn't matter. This is independent of race. You put any ethnic group in a community, if there are limited opportunities to legally make money, okay, people will ultimately engage in illegal ways to make money. That's why, if you remember, President Trump and Tim Scott invested $75 billion in opportunity zones into low-income black communities because it's that rising economic tide that lifts all boats. The Democrats don't do that. They don't get government out of the way. They don't slash taxes and say, hey, let the free market sort itself out, give you know poor communities, give you know communities of color an economic opportunity. What the Democrats say is get them on the government teat so they'll continue to vote for us. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But Ice Cube is right to say that the Democrats have given the black people little in return for their support. And I can make this point because in the summer of 2020, when cities were on fire, how did they justify this on TV? If you remember, okay, they said, well, a riot is a language of the unheard, which is a Martin Luther King line. A lot riots, a language of the unheard. Okay, you're like, okay, fine. Martin Luther King, great guy, Dr. King. Okay, but understand what they failed to mention is why these people felt unheard. Every single one of these cities that was rioting, we're talking about Baltimore, we're talking about Kenosha, we're talking about Milwaukee, we're talking about Philadelphia, we're talking about New York, we're talking about Los Angeles. What did every, Minneapolis, what did every single one of them have in common? Every single one of them have in common? They had all voted Democrat for at least 50 years. He knows what he's talking about. So the Democrats wanted you to believe, well, the rioting's fine. It's a it's the language of the unheard, but they didn't want to bring up who wasn't listening. I think he's got a point. Okay, like, oh, America, it's systemically biased. That's it's the problem. It's uh, Trump is racist. We've got to get the guy out who's been in office for three years, three and a half years. We've got to replace him with a guy who's been in Washington for 50 years. Because, you know, we're so systemically racist in this country, we can't have a guy that's been a part of it for three and a half years. We need a guy who's been in Washington since Washington. And that was what they sold us. And once again, minority voters bought it. They went along, as my son Lincoln likes to say, with the Democrats' stupid ideas. But the Democrats' stupid ideas of shutting schools, denying school choice, defunding police budgets, spiking crime, letting prisoners out of jail are actually getting people killed. And that's why the minority vote, okay, is fleeing the Democrats. It's not because they're black. It's not because they're Hispanic. It's because they're horrified at what the Democrats have done to the country. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shannon Bream is coming up in the next break, but right now, her opening act out in Sheridan, Wyoming, listening on the legendary KROE. Reese is in the house. Yo, Reese. How you doing, Jimmy? Mega dittos. <laughs> hey, I appreciate some good Rush Limbaugh terminology on this show. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, me, me I, too. I, I just wanted to say, you know, like, you have the whole Democrat Party mm-hmm. that has suppressed and pushed down the minority community for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be uh, them banning menthol cigarettes in those 
Democrat-ran states like California, Massachusetts, like they want the total dependent state as long as they can. And they promise, they overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you know what's funny, my uh, Reese, my buddy Charles McBee comes on the show a lot, and he's a head writer for Charlemagne on Comedy Central, which is a black radio host who has a comedy show on Comedy Central. And he always talks about kind of what you're saying. He's saying that Democratic politicians every four years, they show up to the barbecue or the cookout. He's His words, he says they shuck and jive, they do the hustle, and they leave with all of our votes and then do nothing for another four years. And, I mean, I, we're not the only ones noticing it according to these polls. That's great, you know, and they've been doing it ever since, like, Civil War days, right? Yeah. Like, the Democrat Party started the KKK. And uh, listen, they do, they have, they do have the worst record on race imaginable. That's why they spend so much time calling the rest of you racist. That's how it works. You know that, right? Everything they accuse us of doing, they're doing themselves. No, you're, I'm, you're getting good at this, Reese. I'm telling you, if I bang out sick tomorrow, you could probably host the show if you were up for it. No? that too many dittos all right <laughs> he didn't reese you you answered that like it was a fetterman question what'd you say I, oh fetterman what no, about that dude no no you're good on fetterman because i got shannon bream coming up i gotta try to keep it classy between now and then um great call by you as always keep playing good ball we'll do it again soon brother all right the great reese there he goes in sheridan wyoming i don't want to get sidetracked on this fetterman thing we'll bring it up with the great shannon bream uh, but no, Reese makes a really good point. Everything the Democrats accuse you of doing. We were talking about this with, you know, Ted Cruz earlier. Hillary Clinton has already declared that the 2024 election is going to be stolen by Republicans. In the same week, we're being told that January 6th and questioning the integrity of an election is treason. Hillary Clinton's like, they're going to steal the next one. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. And that's the biggest joke of right now is that everything the Republicans are getting accused of, the Democrats have not only done before, they claim 2016 was stolen, but wait till you see election night in the midterms. It won't be election night because it's going to take them three and a half months to count the votes. But by the time they get done counting, the Democrats aren't going to like the results, and you damn sure better believe they're going to be yelling that it got stolen. You mark my words. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon in a busy multimedia day for your radio buddy. I will, of course, be joining the K-Train tonight at 735 on the Fox Business Network. Me and Kennedy are getting the band back together. And then at 11 p.m., I will be back. I will be re-teaming once again with Fox's lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. We will be on Gutfeld tonight at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the Fox News Channel. Uh, and, of course, if that's not enough fail vision we're heading to Spokane. You can hang out with me in Spokane this weekend. There are tickets still available Friday and Saturday. SpokaneComedyClub.com. I have been told we're going to get a contact high all the way from Seattle because everyone in Washington is apparently stoned. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. They just, you know, they saddle up the, the show pony, put me in a little trailer, and cart me off to Spokane. Next weekend, I will be in Vegas at the Red Rocks Resort and Casino. Those shows are sold out, but you can still hang out with me at the blackjack table. Then you can probably take me to the pawn shop to sell my gold teeth after the, after the dealer goes south on me. Split aces and eights and run into a hard time. Uh, I love, I love working in Vegas, but I actually... 
it's a precarious position because you're there to work and there's no dignity leaving a weekend of work with no money. You know what I mean? It's one thing if I go to Vegas recreationally and I wind up walking to the airport or, you know, throwing on a blonde wig and powdering my Adam's apples so I can make some gas money. Fine. Okay. But when you're actually doing it after a night of work and you're playing two sold out shows, thousands of fans, there's really no dignity in not having any money. So I'm going to try to play some defense in Vegas. Uh, If anybody wants to volunteer to be a wrangler, I can use you. Uh, But right now, uh, what we're talking about is the midterms. And one of the funniest things that happened, it's been a really busy media week. So a lot of things have gotten lost in the shuffle. But if you remember when Georgia passed its early voter ID laws, Joe Biden told us it was worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. Jim Crow on steroids, he said. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Apparently not, because Jim Crow, which is, of course, one of the most heinous chapters in the history of this country, Okay, when those Democratic-run states were physically denying black voters access to the polls through violence, poll taxes, literacy clauses, grandfather clauses, it was heinous. And yes, millions of people were willing to fight and protest, get arrested and die in some instances to end the Jim Crow era and fully integrate society. Something we don't get enough credit for in this country is just how far we've come on race. I don't ever say we're perfect, but we're never going to get there if we don't acknowledge just how much work has been done to get us here. That's true. That is true. But Joe Biden, again, didn't like the idea of voter ID, decided it was Jim Crow on steroids. But lo and behold, early voting around the country is is up literally in most precincts over 100 <laughs> percent. Think about that. Ah, oh, it's worse than Jim Crow. Never mind how insulting that is to real victims of Jim Crow. Never mind how insulting and infantilizing it is to the black community that the Democrats literally moved an all-star game out of Georgia under the premise that we were engaging in voter suppression by asking people for voter ID because, according to them, they weren't capable of getting a voter ID. You talk about the soft bigotry of low expectations. Well, anyway, as the early voting has skyrocketed, Corrine Jean-Pierre, with a straight face, tried to make the case that it doesn't mean there's not voter suppression. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Here it is, clip 25. President Biden last year likened the, the new Georgia voting law to, quote, Jim Crow in the 21st century. But turnout so far in the state's midterm elections has smashed midterm records. Uh, today, it topped 1 million votes overall. That's about 70 percent more than 2018, on par with the presidential election turnout. Was President Biden wrong with this assessment of Georgia's, Georgia's voting law, or does he stand by that Jim Crow comparison? So, as you know, I got to be careful. Uh, I cannot get into politics from here, uh, so I won't com- comment specifically on that race or on the elections or the data that's coming out uh, of Georgia. But the president has been very clear that, based on the the big lie, uh, there have been a host of anti-voter policies forced on states that challenge America's fundamental fundamental right uh, to vote, right, the access to voting. And so this is uh, this is is against our most basic values, including respect for the law and the Constitution. And speaking generally, of course, more broadly, uh, of course, uh, high turnout and voter suppression can take place at the same time. They don't have to be, uh, one doesn't have to happen on its own. They could be happening at the same time. I mean, I'm surrounded by idiots. It's up 70%. If the early vote is up 70%, 
okay, they're not being suppressed. It's silly. It's the silly season. We're less than two weeks to go until the midterms. It's turned into a John Cusack movie. Say anything. Uh, Joining us now, a woman who is literally holding up a boombox outside of my house to get my attention, the host of Fox News Sunday. Shannon Bream is on the show. Hey, girl. Jimmy, I would 100% do that. But, I mean, some of the music was awesome. I, I know. Well, he goes – in that movie, John Cusack wins her over by playing Peter Gabriel in your eyes. Peter Gabriel. That's what he goes I mean, with. you – right. And every time I hear it, that's all I can think of is that scene <laughs> in the movie. Listen, I like the John Cusack movies from the 80s. Uh, no, it's a, those are good ones. But in that movie, like if you but were – But we're living in one now? Is, that, is it, that what you're saying? Well, if you were trying to court a guy like me out of the house, you wouldn't play in your eyes. You would play in your fries. You'd make it about French fries. <laughs> I love it. Straight to the stomach. Oh, Shannon Bream. This is a crazy time to be alive. So let me just cut right to the chase. We got midterms. You've got a show to host. You're killing it, by the way. Are you you having fun so far? Thank you. You know what? Every week is slightly less terrifying. And I'm told (laughs) that at some point I will have fun and feel like, you know, this is just a blast. Well, I I laugh about that because this is what I wanted to ask you. Okay. Obviously, when you're hosting a five night a week show and you get super duper comfortable doing it, when you switch slots and you switch shows, does it feel like you're doing stuff with your non-dominant hand? Is that what it's like in the beginning? You know what? I, at night, if people will remember, did fun things like eat weird foods and make Kevin Cork (laughs) eat them too. And they don't really go for that kind of thing on Sunday morning. Something a little bit more dignified so, and serious. Are you telling um, me no so one's I eating a ghost to... pepper this Sunday when we discuss the midterms? No. I, last week I did get a chance to visit Kevin on my old show, and we drank um, pumpkin pie uh, carbonated soda. Mm-hmm. So these are the things I can't give people on Sunday morning. But, you know, they want serious news, apparently. Well, well, you just lost Jenny Fela because she's been drinking pumpkin beer, Blue Point pumpkin (laughs) beer all week. Oh, right. Go, Jenny. Solid stuff. We can talk. They're they're not a sponsor, so that's all the the shine I'm giving them right now. Enough out of you, Blue Point. They're going to have to pay for anything more. Yes. Now, you have covered a fair share of elections as a 31-year-old woman. Mm -hmm. So let's just jump Mm -hmm. into some of that history. how many I've packed in. It's a good number. But, uh, you know, in my experience, we're at that point now where if you look at the polls, you know, they're kind of coming back to where they probably were all along and that the big issues mm-hmm. that shape these races, crime and economy, have now taken center stage. Is that the feeling you're getting? Yes. Every poll we see across the fruited plains, whether it's internally here at Fox or other uh, outlets um, who occasionally also put out polls, <laughs> those are the number. One and two Mm -hmm. every time. I mean, you know, abortion for us has dropped out of the top five. It was there big over the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, But the economy is, you know, it goes back to that old, it's the economy, stupid. Oh, is it ever, Shannon Bream? And I Mm -hmm. think what's fascinating about this cycle is, you know, the Democrats are finding Jesus like really late in the service in that the last 10 days, there's been a much bigger emphasis out of them on the economy and on crime. Mm -hmm. Granted, they're just blaming Republicans for it. But aren't you Mm -hmm. on some level fascinated by how, you know, the old adage we use is read the room, but I don't feel like they were in the room for most of the summer because these are not new issues to the rest of us. Well, and yeah, maybe they felt good buoyed by the decision overturning Roe v. Wade Mm -hmm. and how that motivated voters and their base to say, I'm not going to have this. I'm showing up at my state elections. And they may have taken a little bit too much comfort in that. Um, But there are people even within the Democratic Party around Washington will say, we don't really have a message. We don't have a strategy. They're frustrated that things seem kind of all over the place with the White House. And, 
you know, the economy has not been good. So it's not something this president wants to talk about. But, you know, when, when he hosts TikTok stars at the White House but won't sit down for interviews with, say, me yeah. or you, Jimmy nope. Fallon, no um, you know, there are a lot of questions about, like, is that your best closing argument is, like, let's, you know, sit down with TikTokers <laughs> instead of <laughs> – you know, people who can't put gas in their cars and um, they so, come to punish you for it based on the polls. It's so true. We're talking to the great Shannon Bream. You can watch her on Fox News Sunday. There's no eating on the show, just so everybody's clear. I don't want to get your, don't want to get their hopes up. You know, Sunday's mm-hmm. a big cooking morning. Drinking, got... though. You didn't say anything about drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because you're on during brunch hours, to be clear. I mean, we have a mug. You don't know what's in the mug. I'm so excited because I'm going to Spokane this weekend to slang some jokes Ooh. at the Spokane Comedy Club. But I can Ooh, watch I you on the plane on the way home. Oh, nice. It's exciting. Could you, you send me some material? <laughs> Do you want some? Do you have a show? <laughs> Let me know what really hits with the crowd on Saturday night and then just feed it to me. Prima. I will hook it up. It'll be the best. It'll be the Fox News. It, it would be an honor to write for the final episode of Fox News Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be. <laughs> We'll have you on the set. We'll lead with you as our guest. <laughs> Poor the Bream. whole thing will be nothing but a yuck factory, and then we'll be out on the road together. Oh, it'll be great. Me and you hitting the road. It'll be everything we ever dreamt of. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think, because we were covering a USA Today poll earlier, there's another strategic gambit that I think failed on the on the left and I think would fail for any political party is USA Today poll out today is showing that the Democrats are losing massive support with minority voters down nearly uh, about they get about 40 percent vote with Latinos are going to go Republican. About 21 percent of the black community is going to go Republican. Now, do you think on some level, OK, the Democrats are almost strategically become a victim of identity politics in that they've spent so much time catering to race instead of the reality that we all share the same priorities. Meaning if you're a black voter, you're a Latino voter, you care about crime and the inflation just like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. So do you think the Democrats Mm -hmm. kind of failed themselves by playing up race more than substance? They may have because they made a lot of promises to very specific groups of voting blocks and Folks will come forward now and say, like, okay, you're not living up to what I thought um, I was getting in return for my vote is that you were going to help us on X, Y, or Z. And when you have prominent, you know, entertainers and people like Charlemagne the God and and other radio hosts that are very prominent in the black community saying, you know, asking tough questions of this president, of vice president, and saying, you know, yes, we are struggling with the economy and all these other things, too. Where have you showed up for us? Um, I think that that sparks a very interesting conversation. And, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised to see the Latino vote show up as much as it did for Mm -hmm. President Trump. It's not like, you know, you're getting a majority of Latino voters, Mm -hmm. but you're picking up a lot bigger numbers that you had in in the past. And when you have a shift of five or 10 percent of any particular group, that can swing elections. And so I think Democrats are are realizing that there is um, this feeling among some voting blocks that they've been taken for granted And they're going to need a real reason to show up for Democrats. Yeah, and I I don't know that they're going to find it. I think what we're going to see, um, I I expect there to be a real turnout issue for Democrats in the minority community. Even Ice Cube, uh, O'Shea Jackson, my man, uh, was just speaking out about how, you know, there's just not a lot to show for that investment that that black voters have made in the Democratic Party. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I just want one more question since I got you on the line, Shannon Bream. Are, Are the Breams a big Halloween house? You know what? We're not. And my neighborhood is like Scariesville. I mean, the level of decoration in my neighbor's yards. I'm like, if half this stuff comes alive on Halloween night, like, 
it's going to be a problem. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> like well, they're giant, you know, 15-foot-tall animatronic, you know, characters and <laughs> fangs. And it's just very scary. There's one house that always does this thing, too, where they have a swing coming from their tree in their front yard. And they put this little girl on it. And she's like a ghost, half-dead little girl with a bloody face and stuff. Oh the goodness. dog's barking at everything. It's just like it's, it's weird. <laughs> I didn't grow up doing that. Um, I did tell my husband though that the Christmas tree is coming out soon. Oh, you get you're one of those. You're firing a shot yes, back across I'm the bow. Uh, are you talking about a pre-Thanksgiving Christmas tree? Is that what we're discussing here? He said Thanksgiving was the absolute. He will not do it before that. And I'm yeah. like, what if we just get out a few things, like maybe just some of the nativities, the manger scene. Dude, I, I didn't. Full tree. I didn't realize you lived in a CVS. I had no idea. You're... It's happening. That or a Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Here's my only decorating advice, for real, whatever the holiday happens to be. Everybody needs to ease up on their in, in, uh, obsession with inflatable lawn decor. The, I know. It, it's a thing, okay, because it's gotten out There's of control. There's a lot of that in my neighborhood. But this, is, but this is what nobody talks about, okay? If, you, if you know, as someone who's raised a young child, when you get up early in the morning with your kid and take them to school, all the, in, all the inflatables are, of course, lying dead on the front lawn, and it looks like right. there was a drive-by. And it really spooks right, the little kids. Yes, that's the, the, the guy next to me has the 12 <laughs> reindeers on his lawn, but it looks oh. like... Like if you walk by at seven in the morning, some hunter had the day of his life. Oh no! <laughs> Wiped out twelve reindeers. I'm saying. I think you got to put a stop to that. Yes. And I think you make a valid and excellent point. By the way, let me ask you a point before you go, because mm-hmm. I know you have a very important life. Do you do the Halloween thing? And do you get a lot of trick or treaters? We just don't get many trick or treaters. We get a fair amount. What happened was like two years ago, we put the bowl out, left the candy, and it scouts on her. And of course, you know, yeah. within two trick or treaters, somebody just dumped the whole thing in their bag like some. Hey, 16-year-old. I see you on the ring camera, <laughs> and it's not me. Uh, but we do get a fair amount because we're not that far from a school, but we're not mm-hmm. like you know overly decorative. Like where Jenny Fela takes, mm-hmm. my wife grew up on a farm, so oh. very colorful. You have like the hay bales. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of hay bales. There's a lot of like very, very, yeah, a lot of very colorful floral displays. But no one is putting on like vampire makeup. There's there's no ghost children. Sw- Swinging out of trees like your weirdo neighbors, if that's what you're asking. That, that is very scary. And just across the street from them, there's a graveyard that they put up. Not a real one, but, yeah. you know, just this time of year. Mm-hmm. And all of the headstones have to do something with dying because you weren't vaxxed. <laughs> and they say things like, Nancy, no vax. You know, and it's like, refuse to get the shot now, dead <laughs> under the ground. Like, So there's some political statements in the decorations of my neighborhood. So well. I, I didn't realize you were neighbors with Fauci, but that's good. We learn something new every time you're on the show. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, well, that's the house that's giving away apples, so I definitely don't want to trick or treat there. That does not sound like fun. No full Give me the sizes. Wrong cookie dough. Yep. CDC no. warns against it. Don't take it away from <laughs> Yeah, Buzzkill McGee over here. Uh, Shannon Bream, Bella the Ball, always great. We'll do it again soon, girlfriend. See you soon. See you, There she goes. The great Shannon Bream, best of the best. Watcher on Fox News Sunday, this Sunday and every Sunday. If you wanted to spirit watch the show with me, I will be, and I mean this, it's not professional to me to say, but I will be astronomically hammered this Sunday morning when I get on that plane because I got a bunch of Fox fans coming to see me at the club and we're all going out after the show Saturday night in Spokane. I apologize for none of it. I will be drunk watching Shannon at 35,000 feet. You're welcome to join me. We can sort it out after this. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. What qualifies you 
to be a U.S. Senator, you have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That might have been, pound for pound across the board, the most disastrous night in the history of a political party. Because not only was Fetterman, you know, in, they shouldn't have been licensed to fight if we're looking at this like it's boxing. But the Gretchen Whitmer debate with our gal Tudor Dixon, who we've heard on the program, was horrific. And, of course, here in New York, you know, Lee Zeldin mopped the floor with Kathy Hochul, who was, of course, in for Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! We're going to be discussing it in the next hour with Sean Davis. He is the co-founder of The Federalist. He's somebody I love to have on because Sean Davis does media in 2022 like it's 1982. The man doesn't give a and he has no filter. You'll get honest opinions. You can agree, you can disagree, but at the very least, you should find it all refreshing because there's still some people out there that are willing to have grown-up conversations. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are lacing them up. Got a big hour coming up on Fox Across America. I know I say that a lot. I'm always like, ah, it's a big hour. But they are big. Listen to the people on the show today. Shannon Bream's on. Ted Cruz is on. We're getting ready to wrap with Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist. I mean, these are big hours. Everybody here is big, and they assume I'm just talking about my weight. But there are other reasons we call it big, okay? And we're going to outline them right here at the tippy top of the show. 888-788-9910. Okay, big Thursday episode. I am leaving New York at the end of the day today. It's like an Amish rum springer. They let me off the farm. And I go get to try, like, you know, civilization. I'm heading out to Spokane, Washington. I'll be at the Spokane Comedy Club Friday and Saturday. If you're in the area or you're not in the area, okay, you can get tickets at SpokaneComedyClub.com. If you want to see me on TV, I'm on Kennedy tonight at 735 Eastern Standard. And you will see me on Gutfeld tonight at 11 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. But right now we begin in the radio studio where we belong, having some grown-up political talk. Because we are now down nearly single digits until the midterm elections. And if you look at the polls right now and the way things are trending. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. They're in a bad spot. Joe Biden yesterday did another small-time media event. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He did a Zoom on behalf of three candidates yesterday. This is a president of the United States. Okay, you're 12 days from the midterms, I believe, is the accurate number now. Okay. The guy is not being asked to campaign with just about anybody because of how historically unpopular he is. You know, we covered this last week on the Harris Faulkner show, Faulkner Focus. You know, we were doing a report, her and I, about how Biden was going home to Delaware for the weekend. She's like, wow, we're two weeks from the midterms. Guy's going home for the weekend. He's not going home in this instance because he's lazy. He's going home because nobody wants to be seen with the guy. Tell him like it is. Okay, number one, you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. Then you get these weird things where he's talking to dead people or shaking hands with invisible men wandering around, getting off stage. You had another incident this week where the poor band, like, we got to take up a collection for this band. I hope they're getting overtime. You know, when you're in the presidential band, it's a two-song-a-day gig. Hail to the chief. Here he comes. Hail to the chief. There he goes. But in this instance, because he's such a mess, okay, you wind up playing hail to the chief three or four times while they go fish him out of the bushes or whatever the hell he wandered off into. This man needs 
a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But Biden yesterday, this is so bizarre, okay, because inflation is an issue. The economy is an issue. The Democrats were in the home stretch before the midterms. And after staking their entire campaign on Roe versus Wade and climate change, nobody cared. Two issues that have never polled in the top five, let alone the top three, let alone in the wheelhouse that decides these elections. Okay, the Democrats have finally decided, oh, yeah, we should probably say something about crime in the economy. So suddenly, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, you're seeing like these commercials like Kathy Hochul wants to be the safest governor of New York. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Kathy Hochul could care less. Okay, crime has been out of control in this city for two years, but they're starting to talk about it. Same with the economy. Biden yesterday out there. They passed the Inflation Reduction Act. They had a celebration on the White House lawn as the inflation numbers came in at an all-time high that very same day. That was embarrassing. But not to them. Biden literally had James Taylor on the front lawn as the stock market was collapsing, putting fire and rain onto your 401k. I mean, again, the dude has slashed $7.6 trillion off the stock market since taking office. The dude, I'm just telling you, it's not working. Biden is such a disaster. And then you've just got this other thing which is he gets out there and he's trying to finally prioritize the economy. Well, the thing is, Republicans will be worse. That's a, Republicans are going to tank the economy. Yeah, if Republicans wanted to tank the economy, if they wanted to tank the economy, they would lose the midterms and just keep the Democrats in charge. Because here's the newsflash. The Democrats are putting on a master class in tanking the economy. Do you know the old musical, The Producers? Where the plan is they're going to collect insurance money by tanking this play and making sure nobody watches it. So they do a musical called uh, Springtime for Hitler. That's the joke of the movie, the Mel Brooks movie. Okay, the Democrats, for all intents and purposes, are running the Springtime for Hitler version of the economy. Except instead of doing musical Hitler numbers, they're just calling all the Republicans Hitler. And saying anybody who doesn't prioritize inflation is doing what they did when they voted for Hitler. I played you this clip earlier in the week. Here it is towards the end of the week. This is Matthew Dowd on MSNBC. We talk about living in the death of shame. This is weapons-grade stupid. Clip 32. I'm not calling, uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever, but it certainly sounds very familiar to what happened in Germany, which is a bunch of citizens, Adolf Hitler gets a third of the vote. Nobody thought it could happen there. They kind of went along because they said he was going to solve the economy and fix inflation. Yeah, Uh, that's right. You can hear those sorts of things. And then, oh, lo and behold, a few years later, they lost their democracy and they're all like, how'd that happen here? That's my worry. That is my worry. If obviously the price of a hamburger, the price of milk, the, the price of gas is concerning, but what is what the, that is a short term problem. The loss of a democracy will decimate everyone's freedom. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I, I mean, listen, we're going to lose our democracy. You know, because the Republicans who are in this election where we're all voting, they're going to they're going to ban democracy. Is that the charge here? Come on. Don't bullshit me. Why is he saying that? He's saying we're going to lose our democracy because according to him, Republicans questioning an election means they want to eliminate elections. That's the sell here. You're just like Hitler. Hitler ran on fixing the economy. As if Hitler is the first politician in the history of the world to say he'll do a better job with the economy than the other guy. 
that this was like that was the one unique thing that made him pop. You know, up until then, nobody talked about the economy. They all said they were going to make it worse. This Hitler guy comes along, says, I'll make the economy better. Next thing you know, everybody follows him. And now we got no democracy. I mean, dude, (laughs) straight circuit stuff, straight circuit stuff. But again, if saying an election is stolen, what do you say to these people? How are they not undermining faith in democracy? As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. Shut up! Will you shut up? But do you understand, okay, the whole claim to, well, there'll be no more democracy if Republicans win, because, you know, challenging the results of an election means you're in favor of eliminating elections. Well, then what do we have to say for Hillary Clinton here, who, who says not only was 2016 stolen, he's not a legitimate president, but they're going to steal the next election. Here it is, clip 26. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican-controlled. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I mean, seriously. Get her out. Get her out of here. Really think about that for a second, okay? Republicans winning, that's going to be the end of elections because they've challenged the legitimacy of an election in the past. Yo, the Democrats challenged the election in 2000. They challenged it in 2004. They challenged it in 2016. Okay, and yes, they're already preemptively challenging it in 2024, according to Hillary Clinton. And here's a newsflash. When the Republicans win everything in 2020, the Democrats are going to challenge that too. Okay, that's how this works. The problem they have going into the midterms is not that Republicans are running a Hitler playbook. I mean, come on. Have some self-respect. Okay, the problem they have is they've been running on pretend things. They're not running on real issues. If you poll people, they go, the economy's bad and I fear for my life because of the crime. Joe Biden goes, I've got it. You're in luck. 
We've got more legroom and coach class for minority voters because that's the big issue right now, uh, according to my internal calculations. Are you stupid or something? No, I'm just quoting an idiot who happens to be the president of the United States. Here is Biden trying to make the case as we close in on the midterms. They're hemorrhaging support with minority voters. I mean, again, you you cannot understate the importance of the minority vote to the Democratic Party. They can't win an election without it. They cannot do it. It can't be done. You understand they're going to lose almost 40 percent of their Latino support. They're going to lose almost 25 percent of their black support. They're in a bad spot. So what's Biden going in on here? A pretend issue. Airlines charging you extra money is unfair to people of color. That's what's going on here. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Listen to this, clip 23. Some airlines, if you want six more inches between you and the seat in front, you pay more money. But you don't know it until you purchase your ticket. Look, folks, these are junk fees. They're unfair, and they hit marginalized Americans the hardest, especially low-income folks and people of color. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I mean, did you even hear that? So now the airlines are racist? The airlines are unfairly targeting people of color? With extra, extra leg room. Like, I can't even wrap my head around, you know, like the, whatever drove him to think that was a shareable thought. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. I don't know that he is. I, I genuinely don't know that he's responsible for himself. Okay? Yes, they're trotting him out one more time. Him and Obama are going to campaign for John Fetterman, which, I again, another hilarious thing. If you saw the ad Obama cut for Fetterman... What did he say? You've got to vote for Fetterman to protect our democracy. I mean, come on, man. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point, it's absurd. He can't make a case for Fetterman. He's running on a fake straw man argument. The Republicans are going to ban democracy. In what world? We're having an election. You're worried about the other side getting more votes than you. Okay, you if if there's any votes being counted at all, it's because we have a democracy in that regard. Okay, it's a republic, but you understand what I'm going for. Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, and everybody else asking you to vote for a Democrat is pitching you on straw man issues. Okay, apparently Biden thinks BLM stands for Black Leg Room Matters. Okay, that's the new hook. We're gonna oh the Black Leg Room. That's if I get another four years. More black leg room. Like, I got to be honest. I don't know that that was the nexus of the I have a dream speech, but we all have different interpretations of things. Uh, But the bottom line here is that they're so desperate to court the minority vote, but there's not enough time left in the game for the Democrats to deliver for the minority voter. You understand the whole point of electing Biden in 2020 was what? We're systemically racist. This is the guy that's going to go out and he's going to do something for the black community. Inflation has spiked since he got into office. It spiked to a 40-year high. Did that help the black community? The answer would be no. Okay. School choice, still not available. Does that help the black community? The answer would be no. Oh, gee. How about all those COVID mandates that denied the unvaccinated access to the public sector? Did that help the black community? The answer would be no. What about the murder rate? It's up 35%. Is that helping the black community? The answer would be no. Democrats have a real problem on their hands. 
in that they love to run on fake issues, okay? But it's the real problems they've caused that are plaguing the black community, none of which happen to have anything to do with legroom. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. I need to be anti-racist. Warning, a percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready to talk to my man Sean Davis. But right now we head up to Boston, Massachusetts, where Brian is in the house. Yo, Brian. Yo, Jimmy. My Long man. time listener, first time caller. Love what you do. So keep it up, bro. Dude, I'll take uh, that. <laughs> so first first and foremost, I'm originally from Spokane. Whoa, uh, you're from Spokane? I'll, my gosh, I'll originally. speak I'll speak slower. <laughs> I kid. I kid. Give it to me. All right. Well, you're a Yankees fan, so I'll give you a pass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just wanted to give you a couple tips. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want a good bite to eat, go eat at Clinker Daggers. It's right there on the river. Ooh, Clinker um, Daggers. Writing it down. Clinker Daggers. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you want a good prime steak, uh, you know, all mm-hmm. that. All the juicing, cooking, all that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your, you know, salary could afford, but, you know, Click Your Daggers is a good place. Uh, uh-huh. And or if you want a good burger, uh-huh. you can always go to Dick's Burger. Ooh. Now, is that like a Dick's Last Resort where they're mean to me? Or no? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. But it's a local joint. Oh. It's a local good. joint. I'll get to the bottom of this because I'm going to have some free time on my hands because I just got, you know, basically when you're doing stand-up on the road, you just tell jokes and take selfies at the bar. So uh, there's going to be some eating, my man, uh, and I will take both of these under consideration. So huge question. Mm -hmm. Who are you backing now, Phillies or uh, Astros? Oh, yeah, Brian. So here's the thing, man. Uh, I'm supposed to say the Astros just because I'm going to be in Texas in a week and a half. And but uh, quietly, and this upsets a lot of the people on my staff because they're Met fans. I'm I'm kind of kind of rooting for the Phillies because I like obnoxious Philly fans because they were that that's what Yankee fans used to be before we got spoiled. You know, growing up in the '80s, we never ever ever won, and we were hungry and we were passionate and we fought people and we threw beers at them. But now, you know, half of the guys at Yankee Stadium are drinking fine wine. They're a little soft, so I like some of that gritty Philly thing, and I think I have to root for Philly. Can you get behind that or no? 
sure. I mean, I, I don't care for either team, but exactly. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll get on your bandwagon, sir. Well, I'll tell you this. The police horses are rooting for Houston because when Philly wins, they punch them. But if you want to go with me, take Philly. If you want to go with the Equine Association, take the Astros. Great call, Brian. Thanks for making it a thing. Sean Davis is next. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We are fired up to talk to this next guest. I'm not, not going to beat around the bush. Normally, we do some pyrotechnics. We release doves when I say his name. The confetti cannon goes off. But I'm just going to bring him right out. He's the co-founder of The Federalist. We love him. Sean Davis back on the show. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Are, How are you? Good. Are you underwhelmed that we didn't do the pyrotechnics and everything? Uh, I'm more insulted at the doves. I want just hawks or eagles with, like, arrows in one talon and then snakes in another. Run so for your life! I'm going to cut it, Jimmy. <laughs> like you're a W, like a pro wrestling villain? Do you want one of those entrances? I'm 100% the heel here. Well, it's the least we can do. You went through the trouble to put on the Speedo for the interview. We do owe you that. We do owe you that. Um, what are you enjoying more, Sean Davis, right now? Is it the shamelessness of media members trying to say Fetterman is fine or the panic in the Twitter employee break room? Because I know they're both right up your alley. Oh, man, probably the Fetterman thing. Uh, the fact that they're actually doing the Fetterman isn't brain damage and it's good that he is routine is really kind of amazing. It, it's been a really fun thing to watch. Uh, the pivot on this, because you're making a good point. Poor Dasha Burns does an interview with Fetterman and, and is honest. She's like, yeah, he had trouble making small talk. There seemed to be a cognitive issue. They wanted to run her out of polite society a week ago. It, it, we're accusing her of an actual falsehood. And now we're here a few days after the debate. They're like, of course he screwed up. We knew it all along. Like, if, if, You once told me we're past the death of shame but is this the moment you can officially cite like in the in the bibliography of the sean davis book that this was the concrete moment yeah it it really it's been amazing because it it went from how dare you even suggest that he is not a card-carrying mensa member basically he's marilyn vasavant in a hoodie (laughs) and don't you don't you challenge him at all this guy can play chess blindfolded against eight grandmasters. And then afterwards, after he's like mopping up the drool from his podium, they're like, wow, he is so brave. America needs – we've already got a pudding brain in the White House. We need one in the Senate. <laughs> it's so bad. Did you see the Slate article? Because the Slate article actually says – uh, that his performance was fine. I believe the headline was like, actually, like actually the, the debate the performance was fine. It's stunning to me because it really does demonstrate, you know, some type of contempt for the voter because anybody who watched that objectively felt bad for the guy on some level. Oh, I did. I felt awful for yeah. him. He's obviously being taken advantage of mm-hmm. by what seems to be a bit of a harridan of a spouse mm-hmm. um, who, who I'm. My theory is that they're hoping that the Philly, the corrupt Philly machine can just drag him across the finish line. uh, And then before he can even serve, uh, they're hoping the dim governor, if if he wins, will just appoint his wife. Like it's almost kind of like a a Mel Carnahan situation. Yeah, Um, it's the, the guy is clearly not capable of doing much. And that's not an insult. He's just not. I, I don't even know what his bandwidth was before the stroke, but 
He has no business in the Senate. And to put somebody you love up on that debate stage, knowing how th- that that was going to happen is just cruel and inhumane. Yeah, it is. It's sick. We're talking to Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist. That's the part I think is so sick is, you know, she's a lot like Jill Biden in that regard. Like if you've been watching Biden, you know, Dr. Jill Biden. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite thing ever, by the way, I don't know if you and me ever discussed this, but on The View, which is, of course, defending Fetterman uh, and saying he was great. uh, Joy Behar actually said that Dr. Oz violated the Hippocratic oath the doctor takes to do no harm. As if Dr. Oz was operating on this man. The only, you know, the only people that were bullying him or harming him was, of course, the, the people who trotted him out there. But the, the view, I bring it up because the view, if you remember this, I don't know if you ever heard this clip, but Whoopi Goldberg once nominated Jill Biden to be Surgeon General because she said she was an excellent doctor. She's such a great doctor. How <laughs> dare you ask me if I remember that? Of course I remember that. I just didn't know because, you know, there's so much content out there. But it was the greatest moment ever. That would have been like, yeah, I hope Dr. Dre is the next Surgeon General because Dr. Dre is a good doctor. He's as much it of a doctor as Joe Biden. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, he's he he's a doctor of a beats in the lab. <laughs> he's got some beats. If if every doctor had the precision of Dr. Dre, it's unbelievable. But I, you know, it's amazing though because the the other part of this that no one is really spending a lot of time on, you know, some of us have on the conservative side, is this is a media that was telling us Trump was in twenty fifth amendment territory because he walked slowly down a ramp. I'm like, all right, well, you have a president that would go the wrong direction on a ramp. And this other poor guy is as beat up as they come and they don't really have a lot to say for it. But do you think on some level and this is what I wanted to ask, do you think they finally by standing by him and by trying to sell this as a successful debate? Do you think this was the last straw for a lot of people who were still giving the media benefit of the doubt? I think so. Although, I mean, I will say I'm still amazed that the Archbishop of Paris uh, uh, released him from security duty at the cathedral so that he could make the debate. Like, I, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. But, but what I love about this moment with the media is, oh. in their dishonesty, they're actually being super, super honest about what they believe. Yeah. Which is that you could put a tub of goo into the Senate, and they wouldn't care as long as they were totally assured that the tub of goo would vote the way Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, told it to. So I I actually think it is a very clarifying, helpful moment for all of us to see. They don't care about leadership. They don't care about character. They don't care about ability or competence. All they care about is that this bag of goo votes the way the Democrat regime wants it to at any given moment. And they're finally being honest about it. The Democrats finally embracing the MAGA slogan of make America goo again. That's what you're telling me. Yep. I'm dying over here. Um, well, you know what else they don't care about, which I thought was so fascinating, it didn't get the attention it deserved this week, is undermining faith in elections. Okay, the lady who told me they stole 2016 is now telling me that they're going to steal 2024. Did you catch that Hillary clip? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love her. I hope she never goes away. Oh, she's never going. Well, you're in luck, my friend. (laughs) That is a a political stray cat that will be showing up to that screen door for the bowl of milk from now until it's over. If she didn't if she didn't exist, we would have to create her because she is just such you talked at the beginning about like the perfect uh, WWE villain. Mm -hmm. She's it, man. We're we're never we're never getting anyone better than her. Like (laughs) 
she, she, you know, couldn't find Wisconsin on the map, blamed it on the Russians. The whole party kind of wants her to go away because she's the reason Trump became president. And then she pops back up at the last second, two weeks before the election, saying, hey, everybody, remember me? You know, Democrats have to be furious about it. Oh, they're so mad. And you know something else? I, I believe in my heart of hearts. Like, she does want to run again. Like, when they lose, because they're going to lose the House, it's now tracking like they're going to lose the Senate. And, yes, some of them will yell and scream that it was stolen. But I think ultimately the fact that she can fund raise i know she has such high negatives but they need somebody to present themselves as like the moderate that will kind of you know stop the bleeding that a lot of this far left policy stuff has caused do you i mean i think she's going to try to run again do you think she's going to try to run again i'm sure she wants to Mm -hmm. i I, the democrat party has a way of getting its uh failures and has-beens out of the way Mm -hmm. in in ways that are uh, I'm a little jealous of because I wish the Republican Party would do it. Um, Shout out to we, we Mitch McConnell. A, yeah, we might have had a chance at winning in like 08 or 2012. Or, yeah. uh, so, but no, I can't imagine. There's there's way too many Democrats out there um, who who are just champing at the bit to run. Gavin Newsom. You think yeah. Kamala Harris is going to? sit back and let herself get knifed by Hillary? No, I, I mean, so. not, not with all the passion she has for school buses. No way. This is a passionate woman. Uh, Kamala, one bad, one bad soundbite after another. She's just such an idiot. But, yeah, I do think she'll give a go of it. But I don't think, you know, Kamala ran last time. She was pulling at 1%, dude. I mean, you think about that, Sean. She dropped out before the caucuses, which is the political equivalent of passing out in the bathtub drunk on New Year's Eve before midnight. You know what I'm saying? It's a little— if, judge. If, yeah. <laughs> it's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. Well, let me ask you this. Since I brought up Twitter, because I've been enjoying the meltdowns over Elon Musk taking over Twitter— um, you know, he said he's going to fire 75% of the people. Who knows if that's going to be true? What percentage of Twitter would you fire? 100. It would, right? Because 100. It, it's, you can't fix it. Is that why? No, I mean, you, you nuke the whole thing from orbit. It's a cancer on America. Twitter's just a disaster. Uh, I hope that Elon can fix it. I, I, we've talked about this mm-hmm. before. I, I think it's a little depressing that we're now having to have like oligarch wars for, yeah. for basic constitutional rights in this country. No, I. If it were up to me, all of social media would just cease to exist. It's been a net negative for society. It's terrible for America. It's bad for kids. It's just awful. Yep. No one's writing that country music song. You know, like where I, if only I had five more minutes on social media. You're right. There's nowhere in the world is there a guy who'd be better off if only he had those five minutes. It's bad. Um, and Amen. that's the, the the one thing that because you can actually quantify how it was able to harm society and the, you know, just the minute amount of time it took to do so. Like a narrative like defund the police is the stupidest three words ever uttered in political history. Okay, it took shape, had traction and actually led to municipal police budget cuts because there were enough stupid people that when that was a transactional slogan and it was politically expedient to support it, that did. And that wouldn't have been possible without social media. Like there's no way you could have ratcheted up the bile that we saw in the summer of 2020 without, you know, social media. I mean, would you would you agree with that, right? Totally agree. It's it's what it has done is it has given freak shows and mental cases and just total pariahs somehow the ability to all find each other, build critical mass, create this echo chamber and hijack the entire world. And I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, "Can't all these, you know, freak shows just go back to being goth?" Like that's how it was when I was growing up. Like you didn't get on TikTok and tell people to change their sex. 
they would just like paint their nails black and like <laughs> mope in the corner of the gym during lunch. Yeah, Can you, we just go back to that? <laughs> we were a healthier. That was a healthier time. <laughs> just throw on a little white face, listen to the cure and go do your own weird thing. We were fine with it. We didn't care. I was, I'm pro Doc Martin. I'm into the whole goth thing. We're fine with it. You're right about that, because what's happening now and, and they really are kind of elevating the wrong elements like the Biden thing. OK, with the economy tanking, crime out of control. He's like, I'm going to meet with this transgender TikTok person who, for whatever you think of that meeting, I don't know that it was prioritizing the interest of the electorate two weeks to go before the midterms. But the other takeaway I have is like if this was the 90s, something you cited about goth, I believe the gentleman's name is Dylan Mulvaney, who met with Biden. You're familiar with this character? Yep. Okay. He would have just been a heel on a daytime talk show in the 90s. He would have come on dressed as a woman and been like, I know I'm all that. And the crowd would have been like, you crazy, get out of here. And that would have been the thing. But now he's like literally meeting with the president of the United States. There's no way you can convince me that we're better off for that. Uh, Amen. He would have been like a Wednesday afternoon Jerry Springer show. (laughs) I know I'm all that. And the crowd would have been like, boo, hell no. And they would have screamed and yelled. And that would have been the end of it. Now he'll be a cabinet member by the end of this term. Yep. In the in the pantheon of ridiculous presidential interviews. If you had to compare that with bathtub Fruit Loop Lady interviewing Obama, which one do you think is a bigger sign of the utter downfall of America? I I actually do think bathtub Fruit Loop Lady is is defense is you can defend that if for no other reason than it was harmless. Meaning, yes, it's maybe beneath the dignity of what we're used to seeing and everything in between. But this is actually you know an, an effort to advance policy. Okay, they they're trying to to use their word normalize this sort of thing. But no objective person is watching these videos and going, yeah, this is normal and healthy and a good thing to be doing to our kids. So I almost think the Trojan horse aspect of this is actually worse. Amen. I I completely agree. It's horrifying. Yeah. Fruit Loop lady was just a freak show. Yeah. Having fun in the bathtub of Fruit Loops. Like (laughs) this person is out there trying to convince children to get themselves. Uh, chemically and maybe even surgically castrated, which yeah. is a completely uh, irreversible thing it's, that will make them miserable for the rest of their lives, which is why you have so many uh, people in the medical industry pushing them to do it. Yeah. Because uh, what's better than a patient for a day is patient for life. Oh, and that's a, what you get with, with this nonsense. That's such a great point. So let me ask you this then, okay, because we've been having this weirdo debate too. What do you think in 100 years will look more barbaric, late-term abortion or five-year-olds switching their genders? Probably abortion because you're killing a completely harmless baby. But but I, I there was a time when people thought like cutting out your frontal lobe would would make you sane again. Mm-hmm. So I, I I throw that up there with with lobotomies. Like everyone universally understands. Yeah, that point of time where we thought cutting your brain out would make you healthier and smarter. <laughs> Yeah, we were wrong on that. Uh, <laughs> Listen, they've got to come around if we ever get our conscience back in this country to, to look at this barbarism. Listen, I, I know your kids aren't enjoying Pepper Pig lately, but maybe if they chop off their genitals, they'll they'll make peace. I mean, it's a weird sales pitch, is what I'm trying to say. Last question, Sean Davis for the win. Uh, I have already declared openly that my go-to channel on election night will be MSNBC just because of the references to white supremacy and fascism. Have you decided what your preferred left-wing network of choice will be to watch the midterm oh, returns? 
definitely MSNBC. CNN, <laughs> they, they're going to be crying inside, uh-huh. but they generally they try and hold it together. Yes. Uh, the freak flag is going to be flying on MSNBC, <laughs> and I am here for it. <laughs> I set the Vegas over-under on references to white supremacy at 85, 76 for fascism. Are you taking the over on both bets? Uh, absolutely. But the real question is you need to figure out you need to set odds on what time they're going to start doing that. I've oh. got it at like seven seven oh one Eastern. <laughs> the reason, the only reason I'm going late is because it's going to take them two months to count these returns uh, in the precincts that matter to them. But I have January six footage airing by eight p.m. That was the first line I declared, and uh, I think you're well within bounds though to say seven o'clock on the East Coast. It's going to be great, man. It's the end of democracy. We're going to witness <laughs> the end of democracy by people voting. Like how they're not going to put Joy Reid, like they're not going to preempt programming and put her on Comedy Central for the night, I believe is a dereliction of duty by TV producers everywhere. Yeah, everyone's missing out because she <laughs> is going to be in rare form and and I, I can't wait. Sean Davis, uh, whoever failed to set off the cannons today will be sacked immediately, but please come back, okay? Thank you. Accountability needs to happen now. <laughs> we'll have the Falcons ready. I'll see you soon, buddy. Be well. The great Thank Sean you. Davis. There he goes. There we go. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. We're heading over to the television after this. I'll be on Kennedy at 735 Eastern Standard Time. And then at 11 o'clock, getting the band back together on Gutfeld at 11 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. And when that is over, I am boarding a jet airplane heading out to Spokane, Washington. You're all welcome to come hang out with the radio buddy. Tickets at SpokaneComedyClub.com. It sounds like I'm definitely eating a burger at Dick's Burgers, by the way. We looked it up. I wanted to make sure the Boston guys weren't giving me a bum steer for my allegiance to the New York Yankees. Dick's Burgers looks first class. It was founded in 1965. I will be there for a burger and at least a beer or two before the shows. I don't think anybody would argue against doing that sort of thing. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Forget about it. Don't listen to what that guy said. I have made a fine living and had a fine time, and I've been fat, drunk, and stupid for just about all of it. So throw Dean Wormer out the window this day and every day as we wrap this up on a Thursday. Uh, I have to say... When we, you know, have followed like the Fetterman debate this week, we followed the Gretchen Whitmer thing, we did the Kathy Hochul thing. I really enjoyed this week uh, so far, and I'm psyched to get on TV tonight because we've entered this silly season now where it's gotten so ridiculous. I never have to worry about comes out of my mouth because I can't sound any dumber than the people running for office. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.